Welcome to Ripping on Bodice Rippers. My name is Kim. And I'm Jenny. And this week we will be talking about Sweet Hands by... Sweet Hand. Sweet Hand mm-hmm. by... N.G. Pelletier. Okay, but before we get started... We have a lot of catch up to do. We do. It's been a, a hot minute. Yeah, I feel like every time we open the episode, it's like, it's been a while. Yeah. That's just because our lives are crazy. Well, we moved out. Yeah. So we are no longer best friends, roommates, co-hosts. We are no. just best, best friends, friends co-hosts. <laughs> sad. Really sad. But I will say it's nice to like be at home and just like have my own bath well I did have my own bathroom but like also not have to worry about chores as much yeah and also just you know before you go to New York mm-hmm. which will be exciting Very. another weight off of our shoulders we don't have to deal with a continuous water leak anymore oh yes our house is just dumping <laughs> hundreds of gallons of water straight to the ground 10 gallons per hour ladies and gents so much. I'm so worried for the environment, but I, at least it's going into the ground? Question mark? <laughs> I feel like the foundation is, like, <laughs> going to collapse at any moment. Well, I'm glad we got out of there when we did. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the mental state we were in and then the ground literally <laughs> collapsed? <laughs> like, remember who we were as people during finals? Mm, very <laughs> sad. Very <laughs> down. The ground had literally... <laughs> caved in i mean i feel like our other two roommates maybe it's because like i think you're a little bit better mentally than them maybe because i hang out with you every day or i did um so i was like oh yeah like kim's going through it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. she's you know she hasn't hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. um but I think for the other girls that they had like come home after their like eight yeah, hour shift, in our- <laughs> I think they'd just be like, "I'm gonna end it all. It's tonight." I mean, I, you know, I would simply have zoomed into class in the middle, in, <laughs> in the, the middle sinkhole. of the sinkhole. Be like, "Hey guys, um, this is my apartment right now." <laughs> well. Before we get into it, do we want to talk about what we've been watching, listening, reading, anything to add? I've been rewatching How I Met Your Mother. 80% of the time comforting and then the 20% of the time super jarring because they love to make jokes at Asian people's expense. Ooh. And I was just like, why don't I remember this from the first viewing? Mm. And I'm just sitting there casually chilling. It's, a, it's supposed to be like a fun wholesome show and half the time it is and then suddenly like a semi-racist joke will happen and i'm like whoa (laughs) that takes you out of it for sure someone on the writers team hates asian people and i need to know who it was and i bet there's so many words like joe we can't have that and he's like but it's funny well there was a running gag this whole like the main character ted eventually becomes a college professor Mm -hmm. and there was a whole episode where like the b storyline was him feeling bad because he made fun of a girl's name in class and her name was cook poo and it was like reoccurring and i think they thought it was okay because he felt bad about it but every single other person his friend group kept trying to get him to say the name so that they can continue to make fun of it and I was like, this is uncomfy. Me no likey. 
yeah so how i met your mother is not my cup of tea I, yeah i mean it is quite dated but yes mm. um talking about cup of tea and tv shows we finished our rewatch of the vampire diaries yeah we did Wow. Heck yeah, we did. Heck yeah. I mean, I don't think we started right when we moved in together in Mm-mm. August. It was I think probably we started like, in like September, September October. October. Yeah. And then we finished in June. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many months that is because I can't do math. But um, <laughs> what is September to June? You think about that and I'll, <laughs> and I'll talk. Um, but was it your first time oh, rewatching it? There's too much pressure trying to count right now. <laughs> yes, it was my first time it was rewatching your first it all time. the way through. Because you had never watched the last two seasons. Like mm-hmm. you were out when Elena was out. Yeah, because I, silly me, I was just like, oh, not silly me. I guess I was right. I was like, oh, I was only here for Delena this whole time, as evident by the fact that I stopped remembering storylines yeah. season four forward, unless yeah. it was Elena and Damon. Like, something would happen, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, this is about to happen. Or I'd be like, remember? And Ken's like, no. no. And it would I literally don't. be like, oh, this is the villain of the whole season. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. There was, like, some traveler shit. And I was like, no, but this will eventually lead to yeah. Damon and Bonnie being in the prison world, which is why I'm okay with all of this. And I had no idea... And then the like, and then one random episode will come on. Elena will walk in in like a specific outfit, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, they're about to make out so hard so in two hard. minutes. Part of me is like, do we get a podcast TikTok just so we could recreate that one scene? <laughs> Stop loving me. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm very proud of us for finishing that. I'm also proud of us because we had to watch it at the same time. Yes. And I mean, now our schedules are like completely different, but mm-hmm. at least when we were living together, we could like find time, mm-hmm. but, um, it was slow going. There was a bit where it was like, are we even going to finish? Cause I think we took like a two week break at, at certain points, just being like, no over it. But wow. anyways, we are not a vampire accomplishments, you know, get a degree, rewatch the vampire diaries with someone. Um, but we're not a Vampire Diaries podcast, so no. I guess we should get into it. But if there are any Vampire Diaries podcasts oh, out sure. there, please, we want to be on so bad. Yeah, we can like, oh my God, what if we reach out to a Vampire Diaries podcast, we read one of the Vampire Diaries books, <gasps> and then we like watch maybe like our favorite episode. Sure, sure. That would be so fun. Um, I will look into that for our next season maybe or like our off season stuff sounds good and speaking of which there will be updates about the future of the pod moving forward probably towards the end and then like more specifics in the next episode so yeah tune in okay so sweet hand sweet hand jenny give us the synopsis oh yeah um which i will say pretty confusing like, I had to pitch this to Kim multiple times, being like, no, 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 it's this book, remember? And then I would read the synopsis, and I'd be like, what the fuck am I saying right now? So bear with us. Um, here it goes. After a public meltdown over her breakup from her cheating musician boyfriend, Cherise swore off guys in the music industry and dating in general for a while, preferring to focus on growing her pastry chef business. 
When Charisse's younger sister reveals she's getting married in a few months, Charisse hopes that will distract her mother enough to quit harassing her about finding a guy, settling down, and having kids. But her mother's matchmaking keeps intensifying. Charisse tries to humor her mother, hoping if she feigns interest in the eligible bachelor she keeps tossing her way, she'll be off the hook. But things don't go quite as planned. Turns out, for the first time in ages, she and Kieran King, the most annoying man ever, are on the island at the same time. Avoiding him is impossible, especially when Kieran's close friend is the one marrying her sister, and he's the best man to her maid of honor. Kieran doesn't know what to make of Therese now. They've always butted heads. To him, she's always been a stuck-up brat who seeks attention, even while he secretly harbored a crush on her. Now with Teresa's sister marrying one of his good friends, he can't escape her as, as, as the wedding activities keep throwing them together. When things turn heated after a rainy night of bedroom fun, they both have to figure out if they can survive the countdown to wedding day without this turning into a recipe for disaster. Okay. There's a lot in there. There is a lot in there, but it's weird because most of it wasn't the central no. part of the book. I was about to say, I, I mean, I think I like stumbled over my words so much because I was like, this. oh. I mean, it technically happened, but it was mentioned in the background, like her stunning public meltdown. Mm-hmm. We never saw. We never saw. They always just like mentioned, mentioned it. it. And there's also like, um, they bring up that ex-boyfriend right in the very beginning and he's like barely in the book he's actually like only there for two scenes if that right because i just because if i going off of that you would think it's about her literally serial dating the guys yeah and it's it's, again a very background thing Mm -hmm. it's mentioned like twice there's two men we don't see the dates actually happening yeah you would think it would be like Every chapter or so would be like her and at another blind date and then like somehow trying to get out of it and ending up with Kieran mm-hmm. or like shenanigans mm-hmm. ensue and Kieran's the one to like be there and right. like save her or something. But it's very shenanigans lacking of anything. Yeah. This book isn't like fun in the sense of like funny. Yeah. And it doesn't try to be normally, but right. then sometimes she'll just like throw in a joke and I'm like, this feels weird. Out of place. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, uh, the book, it's very beat by beat straightforward in the mm-hmm. way that I, it was, that became, like, not exciting. Yeah. The next thing would happen, I'm like, yeah. Right. They're planning the wedding together. <sighs> yeah. Some fiasco happened, hence the rain scene. It's also weird to me that the synopsis brought mentions up. Mentions the rain scene. Mentions the rain thing. Because, like. When that's brought up, I mean, I we've both read the book. I literally just finished it like 30 minutes ago. I don't know like the specifics of that rain scene. And I literally just read it yesterday. So it like didn't strike a chord with me. Like I know yeah. that's when they first like hook up. But I'm mm-hmm. like, why was he there in the rain again? And like, why did he? I know he was like apologizing for something. It's just it's like straightforward in like the plot points. Right. But the way they get there doesn't feel well, it's too just, genuine. It's yeah. It's that's the thing. It lacked a lot of like genuineness. What yeah. is the adverb for that? But yeah, uh, it, everything was just so straightforward that I mm-hmm. was like, oh yeah, of course this is the next thing that's going to happen. Duh. Yeah. Let's move on. Well, the opposite of straightforward is all the characters. If we want to get into it, 
Sure. Well, we're going to give you like a very truncated need to know <laughs> important players basis or important players only breakdown of our yeah. characters because there are it's a big cast of characters. Yeah. I'll throw out the names of the people that we aren't going to talk about. Yeah, and it's because they don't really matter. No. No, they don't. <laughs> so there's Sharice Gooding. Mm-hmm. And she's, of course, our protagonist, uh, the Sugar Queen, as she dubs herself. Oh, that was something she talked about a lot. And then it was just dropped like halfway through. Yeah, so she's a professional baker, and uh-huh. she's quite, quite talented. She she's is. very goal-oriented, loves her craft, loves her business, hence the Sugar Queen thing. And then it it then <laughs> kind of evolved into a different persona that is separate from Charisse. Mm-hmm. Because she's whenever she has to, like, stay calm and stay cool and collected, she's like, okay, I'm going into my Sugar Queen mode, and, like, nothing yeah. can bother me. And I was like, girl. It's very, like, PR, I'm a celebrity, and this is, like, the face I'm putting on to mm, seem genuine, yeah. but having enough distance that, like, I protect myself vibe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a lot to put on on a baker. Yeah. I mean, not to diminish her at all. Like, she owns her own business. I, I get having to, like, be professional and maintain that thing. But the book just talked about it as a second personality so much. Maybe I just, like, didn't pick up on that as much because I definitely recognize it happened, but it didn't bother me Mm. as much as this, like, weird, like, non-established fame that she and Kieran have. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, when publicity, like, talks about me or, like, I don't like being in the news. And I'm like, okay, I get if you were in the news when you dated your musician boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But... Like, okay, so, and you were also on this baking show and you have an acclaimed business. Mm -hmm. So you might be, like, popular within the community, but there's, like, chefs I know of, like, who have been on cooking shows and it's not like they're famous. At the Root Cellar in Chapel Hill, the chef, chef, Sarah Cooney, has been on, like, a Guy Fieri show. Yeah. And she's coming back later this year. Oh, I didn't know she's coming back. Yeah, but it's not like she gets crazy publicity or is, like, followed around or anyone's talking about her. Um, And since Cherise is so far removed or she's trying to remove herself from the musician world. Yeah. It doesn't make sense why, like, she would still be getting all that windfall. Mm -hmm. So... Eh, eh. doesn't make sense yeah. whatever well then and then so there's um kieran king who is the who is the hero mm-hmm. he is a music producer that's kind of it yeah <laughs> okay i'm being mean to him but he's he's a very generic romance hero he's just the only thing not generic about him is that he's bi oh yeah but i do like that i do like that too but it again wasn't that Big of it wasn't plot that point. big. I didn't need it to be that big of a plot point, but it just kind of got confusing when yeah. it was like one sentence, and then I was like, "Oh, okay. right." And it—that's what I was about to say too. It's like it's not. It doesn't need to be big, but it needs to be well integrated. Mm-hmm. Where if like you're going to like show on page that Kieran lusts after women, then you have to do the same where you show he lusts after men too. So when we're going to a party, and he's like oh my god like Charisse Charisse looks amazing Mm -hmm. and stuff like and and then he like describes what the women are wearing too I'm like 
okay, this is a good like way to then describe what the men look like too. So that you can see he's looking at both. Right. And the only person he really does that with is his best friend whom he was like unrequitedly crushing on for quite some time. Eric. Yeah. Okay. So the thing about it is, so the premise is of course they're all like together because of a big wedding party between Eric and Ava. Okay. I did say the wrong name. Cool. (laughs) But, the problem being, mm-hmm. they're all introduced so quickly and they're all very similar as far as like their role in the friend group slash wedding. Yeah. That it then gets confusing to so be like, confusing. wait, so which one's getting married? Which one is the mm-hmm. one with the crush? Yeah. And there would be like different ways like, oh, um, like my best friend Eric is getting married to Teresa's sister Ava Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then in conversation with Eric who has now been an introduced character Kieran will say something like where the hell's my twin and I'm like who who's that which by the way her name is Maxine Uh uh-huh and she's just there to like rib on him sometimes and also had a D plot with one of Sharice's friend who has a crush on her which one is that one re Okay. okay. The Charisse. <laughs> so then that's the groom side, I guess. Like that's Kieran's side. Yeah, and then Kieran's for Charisse's side. gang, girl gang. Uh-huh. There's Remy, who is her best friend slash roommate. Mm-hmm. And then there's Reba, Reba, who is her assistant. I just want to know why she did that to us. Yeah. I think I highlighted this being like, why such similar names? And also, and they don't have such similar functions in the story. Right. This could all be one person. Because that's why it got confusing. Yeah. Or like your assistant, if you need that assistant role, just make it like a younger kid who's not in the wedding party so that I can write them off in my head to be like, okay, not important. Mm-hmm. I don't need to keep up with that character. But she does come back. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Well, who are then, you? Like, we're saying they're confusing because they all act as like the one best friend role. Who's yeah. there to be like, girl, he's like, you know, girl, he's trouble. Stay away. And yeah. then like later on being like, oh, I guess he's not that bad. Go get yours. Mm-hmm. The, the friend. Yeah. The, ar- the they're one both, archetype. Yeah. They're both the friend. And I think the author tries to separate them by being like one is less supportive than the other. But because we don't get too many scenes of all three interacting at the same time, it's really hard to keep track of who's who. So we see, I'm not even going to say names, but we see Sharice with her assistant uh-huh. and like they're talking and ribbing. And then the next scene or like the next scene we see Sharice in mm-hmm. will be her and her like roommate roommate best friend yes and she'll keep it like more of a secret because she doesn't you know want the pushback Mm -hmm. but in my mind i'm like these three haven't interacted yet together or when they do we don't see all three of them talking to each other right that my brain's just like bloop 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 same person and it honestly like every single time they were all three in a scene i was like oh shit yeah like i have combined these people again like that sucks yep yeah (laughs) it sucks like not like the writing sucks it like sucks that i'm doing that and therefore not picking up on things that probably the author wanted me to pick up on but right so i forget 
I don't think it's the assistant. I think it's her best friend who's queer. And I like I love this book for all of the representation mm-hmm, that for is sure. in there. The majority of the cast, I think 99% of the cast of characters are people of color. Yeah. Um and like multiple queer people. Mm-hmm. Like we said Kieran the main guy is bisexual, which is like yeah. very very rare. Oh yeah. Um, and the best friend is a woman who likes women. I she, I don't think the word lesbian or bi was ever said but like has an express interest in dating women and then has a huge crush on kieran's twin maxine Maxine. but she also like has a a friends with benefits situation with someone else yeah which is brings my point is like it's just unfortunate that like they're so undistinguishable because all of the all of the details are like way way to the sideline yeah I don't know I think for me I like made a note right at the end at like the wedding portion I was like this would all one be make so much more sense and also be a lot more compelling if we got someone else's story first Um, because at the very end um, when Sharice is looking to Ava her sister for advice after Ava and Eric's wedding she's like you you and Eric make it look so easy and she's like girl I don't know what you're talking about we broke up for a week two years into the relationship yeah. I was like how is this not the first romance novel we're seeing where it's like we see their relationship their breakup and then their like engagement at the end mm-hmm. and then the second book happens where we see Sharice and Kieran right. and we get to see those like first main characters be supporting characters and get their happy ending so it's like we were more familiar with everyone yeah well and that's a really good point because i my next point of criticism was the friend or the enemies to lover thing wasn't really working out for me because i didn't there mm-hmm. i'd had no idea why they hated each other yeah so like if that had like if you know ava and um eric, eric had been the first book that foundation could have been laid out where we had a little bit of family history there Mm -hmm. because the thing is they all grew up together. Right. And I think the animosity started because Sharice originally like had a little antagonistic thing with Maxine. So then it just got overlaid with her twin, which I guess makes sense. Right. Like when someone's from a, person who has a sibling's perspective if like someone's not nice to my sister I don't like them right like there's no questions asked but then as adults that doesn't really carry over quite the same especially because Sharice and um, Maxine are now good good as adults and that's like something it's like okay well if you're as close as the book says you are like if Maxine and Kieran are as close as the book Mm -hmm. tells us they are Mm -hmm. then Kieran shouldn't have a problem with Sharice because he would trust his sister enough to be like, okay, not my, not my fight, and not my a, hill to yeah. die on. It's just really weird because the animosity at the beginning was just, it was a lot, a lot for nothing having actually happened. Like he right. didn't push her into the pool as a kid or anything. Yeah. And even that would just be like, okay, fuck off. But like they, it's positioned as like she doesn't like Kieran because he's a musician and she's scorned by her musician ex so I know and it's so silly to me what it's like if I dated a band kid in March when I was in high school and then I got scorned I would be like no musicians ever 
And I'm like, okay, well, that's just simply not going to happen. Right. And he's not to like, you know, split hairs, but he's a music producer because it then becomes a thing that he's like, oh, I can't sing. And then later on, Mm. he like the big gesture was him singing in public. Boo. It's just odd. Like, I I get it where it's, oh, I like don't want to date guys from that industry anymore. I want to stay out of the limelight. But that, but that's not specific to Kieran. Yeah, even. it's weird to have just like this targeted animosity towards Kieran mm-hmm. when she's really just mad at Sean, her ex. Right. It's like, what are we doing here? And Kieran's not one of those um, characters we've talked about just being assholes. Yeah, he's, he's like perfectly okay, fine, and nice to every other character. So then when they start their little like argument, we're just like. I don't know why these two perfectly nice uh, adults are suddenly like so petty towards each other. Right. That's the thing too. We don't ever see a mean streak come out um, when they're talking with other characters. So it's not like, oh, I have this in me and she just pulls it out. Right. And I'm having a visceral reaction. It's like, do, do, do. I'm really nice. I'm great. And then it's like, I fucking hate you. And it's like, what just happened? I will say, I did enjoy it. It did fall into that trope. I was like, I fucking hate you and your luscious hair and your glistening skin. And I was like, oh, Kieran. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, just because we've been going and going. Yes. Yes. Here's the character list. We have our two main characters, Sharice and Kieran. They hate each other. Eric and Ava are getting married. married. Eric is Kieran's, one of Kieran's best friends. Ava is Sharice's sister. Also under Sharice's... Umbrella is what are Reba uh-huh. or ugh. Reba, right? Is it? <laughs> oh God! It's Remy for sure. Remy and Reba. Reba. Same and thing then with an R E and a B. Yes, and then also of note for Kieran is his other good friend Scott. Scott, whom he had, had a crush on. Yes, and. Other players that we're just not going to talk about. It's just, you know, their moms, their dads. Yeah. Sean. The ex-boyfriend. The ex-boyfriend. Um, there's this guy named Jerome that Cherie states in, like, the first act. Oh. And the and the gay cousin. Kieran Jerome is the gay cousin. Oh, okay. Cousin. Okay. So Jerome is Kieran's gay cousin who Cherise is, like, put on a date with. Right. Like, 50% of the way through. But she's also dating someone else, like, really early on. Yeah, he's like a stick in the mud. He went like they went on like two dates together. Yeah, and it just wasn't fun. And uh, you know, but there you go. I mean, we're only really going to be talking about Kieran and Sharice anyways, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I will say, like I said, the all the thrill of the enemies to lover was not there because I was just like, a, there's no actual animosity, and it's like evident. At the beginning. So there, like, there wasn't enough earnest pining for me. Yeah. No. And, like, like, all, even though this book is, like, weirdly long, like, it's 360 pages, at least on my phone, and I can look on Goodreads to confirm the page count, it all sometimes feels, like, a little too fast at the same time. Yeah. Where, okay, yeah, Kindle edition, 360 pages, um, where the buildup and everything felt like it 
was too quick and then we just have like scenes and i'm like why are we here Mm -hmm. like i Mm -hmm. i don't need to see all of this like it's not doing anything like this brunch you're having with your parents yep doesn't add anything to Mm -hmm. the story about you and kieran so why are we seeing it so why are we seeing it because it so, like, I would say instead of the synopsis, the main plot is actually two people plan a wedding and then they fall in love. Mm-hmm. Because we see a lot of the wedding planning. Do. And I didn't necessarily need all of that. No. And, like, why? Like, yeah. if it was to get us invested in Eric and Ava... There wasn't enough of Eric and Ava. Right. We didn't see enough of them interacting with each other except like the last 50 pages to care. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about Eric and Ava all this time and like planning the wedding, I'm just like, couldn't we do something more fun between Kieran and Sharice? Like, I wanted to see them like go about the town and like have to interact in public. Mm -hmm. But a lot of their stuff was behind closed doors Mm -hmm. that when they do eventually get together in the end, I'm like, I don't believe this because like y'all haven't even like, yeah, been outside together. Yeah. I know. My thing is a lot of the wedding planning stuff happened with the group at large. So I just agree with you about like, there were very few moments of wedding planning shenanigans where it's just the two of them. And they made Mm -hmm. such a big deal about having to work together at the beginning that I was just like, you barely, you barely done that. Yeah, and you would think, like, they're making such a big deal of working together. We'd see, like, shenanigans where they try and, like, disrupt each other. Like, there's an extended scene of them trying to make flower crowns. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it's just them two. So I think it would have been, like, fun if, like, it was revealed as the friends came in that Kieran maybe gave her the wrong instructions to make flower crowns because she was, like, fucking Because she was so bad at it, yeah. Like, that would be fun. Or that, like, whenever she turned her back, he was, like messing with it right like some sort of like teasing manipulation thing that's supposed to show the enemy's aspect that's also like oh he's teasing you because he likes you exactly or like if you want to talk about going to into public together like that's perfect like you can still go on with the wedding planning thing so like oh i like i need the whatever Mm -hmm. like you need to go pick up the flowers because i can't do it for whatever reason and then they mistake them for the couple yeah have this weird like oh no no it's not us getting married exactly shenanigans you guys yeah it's just very like a b c Mm -hmm. okay and then some sprinkling of cute moments in between and i was like there's no build up and it's a bit strange too where it's like after and it wasn't i don't think it was regular and if it was correct me but like after several amount of chapters it would be like june yeah like may and i'm like i it's the countdown to the wedding that i never knew when it was actually supposed to happen so i was like why am i being told what month it is like Mm -hmm. because it's not like that countdown even matters nope it would matter more if like we were reading a book where it was like oh will i leave in september right and they were like kept talking about it and they were like well i don't want to be with you and all that and then we see the countdown and then we're like oh shit like yeah, it's, it's almost happening. September. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, right. this but all makes sense. It's people's but wedding that we didn't care about. Yeah. We're like, oh, all right. Also, what strikes me as odd just about the synopsis, it says like he's on the island for the, f- like they're both on the island for the first time in a long time. I thought, I know, I read that and then it promptly booted it out of my mind because it sounded like they've been living there forever. Forever. They grew up together. Yeah. She has an established business. 
Mm-hmm. He's producing music. So I just. I was like, I what do you know, mean? Maybe for school. But like I said, how significant of a time right. away could it have been if you now have a thriving business and is the island's like semi celebrity? Yeah. So that confuses me because it seems like they were always circling each other mm-hmm. so and that's what's established where it's like oh y'all have hated each other forever and like wouldn't it be so funny if y'all got together right so okay this has nothing to do with anything i just think it's really funny that it's so established in the friend group that they hate each other mm-hmm. i don't remember it's scott or eric but one of the boys started talking fandom lingo and I was just like, oh, yeah. this is just the author having fun with us. Because uh-huh. there's simply no way. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, wow. OTP. Yeah. Is mentioned a lot in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. It's between Eric. Oh. And Sharice, actually. So she mentions OTPs. And then she's like, no TPs, bro TPs. Um. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it felt like a bit out of place, but it was a fun scene. I well, just popped it. So that was Sharice and Eric? Sorry, Kieran. Oh, yeah. Sharice and Kieran. But that was because I think Eric had mentioned earlier to Kieran. Where he was like, you guys oh, are my OTP. Yeah. It would be so funny if we all got together. I totally ship you guys. And I was yeah. like, I don't think men talk Say to that. each other like that especially in a homosocial context i would get it if it was scott because he's Scott's gay queer gay yeah. or it's not you know mm-hmm. he's not labeled but and not to be stereotypical but i'm just saying straight men in a homosocial situation don't say yeah. that so i think those cover like our our big criticisms it's like it feels like there was no set up to their enemies so then like them getting together didn't have any payoff i think i can sum it up in my opinion it being like the stylist the like author's writing style was constant but that like but it was so constant that none of the characters felt different Mm -hmm. and there are also like just weird things i don't know if you picked up on this where it's like they would mention something and be like, oh, yeah, remember when that happened? And they wouldn't just, like, explain it. explain it. And it would be like, Kieran's eyes widened as Charisse told him the tale. I'm like, right. what? I was like, yeah. And I think that's also why it felt so, like, straightforward and lacking mm-hmm. depth. Because it was a lot of, oh, we've been texting back and forth planning it, but I don't actually want to talk to him. It's like, can I, can I see can that? Can I see the texts or like anything? Yeah. And even like the way they introduced Maxine mm-hmm. where it was Karen being like, where's my twin? Like it would make so much more sense if like Karen and Maxine were like to the side, just like chatting it up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hey, stop your like sibling banter and come over here. Yeah. 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 Like something like that feels a bit more natural, like, natural instead of, cause I mean, how many twins referred their twin as their twin? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's just my sister. Right. So there's like little things like that that aren't. It just, it just felt stilted at some yeah, point. It's not like big in individualism, like mm-hmm. as its own thing. But when you're reading the whole book and you keep picking up on it, then it's like, oh, there's some disconnect here. Mm-hmm. And I will say it might be just because this is her first published book or that she's from Trinidad and like they might have different colloquialisms and like. W- 
you know mm-hmm. cadences of like talking that we don't actually that's a great point yeah so i was like anytime i got bothered i was like eh, <laughs> whatever right i mean nothing was like outrageously bad don't get no, us wrong no everything was just very fine yes and it's just like it's one of those books that we were not super In enthralled love. with the one thing i did actually really like were the sex scenes yeah i thought those were like really great there was one that was like fade to black and i was should, like come on should we go into what did they call it early I mean, I mean, I guess it's time. I guess it is time, but I also like don't remember specifics. So let me just, (laughs) I say I like it, but I was like really reading this quickly y'all. So I was just. I mean, out of the way, there wasn't any weird offensive euphemism. No. We should maybe go back to the 80s. It's been a while since we've we've had a. So maybe we'll do like one last stop next and then our first one back. Can I please make you read Dark Lover? Oh, please. You know, if we get at least like one DM or email about to tell us to read Dark Lover, we will read it for y'all. Gauntlet's been laid down, you guys. Mm-hmm. Jenny really wants me to read this book. Because it is just so funny. Like, it's so problematic. I've talked about it at length mm-hmm. because of my thesis. Mm-hmm. But it's like, even despite all the weird bullshit, it was like the one I liked the most that like I had the most fun with. You know what? It's been such a long time since I've read a vampire romance. Mm. So sure. 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 But still DM us. Yeah, please. Okay. So they first make out literally halfway through the book and she's like egging him on and then he he kisses her and they're like really about to like yeah, he have pinned her sex. To the couch. And then her cake her and then her, her oven yeah went off and she's like oh it's a mistake you gotta go she's like embarrassed why was it a mistake you don't actually hate each other yeah i think it's more that she's just like afraid to open up and be in a relationship I if know. that's the case give us some more internal mm-hmm. dialogue where mm-hmm. we see her struggling with that yeah okay so he was ang she was angry at him um oh because of like the fight he had with sean at that party thing oh and so he's they haven't had sex at that point no and so he's in the rain they have sex right after yeah he's in the rain he goes to apologize and okay she's like i'm angry with you let's have sex okay so let's just lay the scene out she's catering to a different person's wedding which weird why would you do that to us yeah her name started with an sh it's like one of the artists that like Air- kieran's producing music for and he's doing a track with her and sean and that's like a secret right yes um so kieran's at this wedding he didn't expect to see sharice at the wedding and sharice looks really hot in her tight dress and then sean the douchey ex-boyfriends come when they're trying to like they had a little banter moment and they were like uh confront or Kieran was confronting her about the kiss and then Sean comes over and makes a douchey comment about her weight right which leads isn't to she also wearing a white dress didn't they say I don't think it was white okay maybe it just in my mind it was white I think in your mind you like try to add some drama yeah well that would make sure he's a shitty person and yeah she's I, not I don't so. think okay. it was white and it was a and it was like a work thing. Like she was there because she was catering it. Yeah. So I really extra don't think that she yeah, would have done you're that. You're right. You're right. Um, but Sean was like, oh, like 
Yeah, it looks like you've been enjoying those cakes. Oh, fuck off. Fuck dude. off. But then Kieran got really mad about it. He's like, he goes into like alpha Disproportionately mode. like toxic masculinity like, nah, mad nah, 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 about nah. it. Yeah. And then they start brawling. Like, <laughs> That's the noise a man makes yep, according yep. to Jenny. <laughs> like to the point where they like knocked Cherise down. Yeah. So then at that point it wasn't even about defending her honor or like yeah. protecting her or whatever because she's on the ground. That is... And no one noticed. That scene, yeah, he didn't notice until after the fight. And he's like, where's she at? (laughs) And that's when he goes over to his place. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize you fell until after. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do you, like, not notice the person who's standing directly behind you falling and, like, knocking over part of her cake display at the same time? Right. Like, that's noise. That's noise. They were really just, like... And... As you, <laughs> yeah, and like the bride, like literally comes up and they have like a full discussion. So like, how is, like, do y'all not have peripheral vision? I, okay, so it's she tunnel she limps off. Mm. She's at her house. It's now pouring rain because, of course, of course. Uh, and Kieran's Drama. like, I'm outside. Please let me in. He's like, I forgot to bring an umbrella. And this happens again. Okay, like this happens twice where he's caught in the rain. So. <laughs> I'm very impressed with us not, you know, confusing these two. Because this is the second time, right? Because the first time is when they make out with the velvet, red velvet cakes. They made out with the red velvet cakes, but was it raining? (laughs) (laughs) I just look, sorry. Um, Anyways, this is just one of the two raining scenes. Yeah. And he comes over, she's like, okay come in there's clothes upstairs and he's like are you sure i'm gonna mm-hmm. track mm-hmm. rain all over and she's like just fucking like do oh. it you know because then the second time he she's like stand there yeah he's like okay i guess you don't want me to track rain in which one uh, was it i don't okay not important it doesn't matter it actually doesn't matter but, like, the rain was, like, the excuse for him to stay over because she's, like, huffy and mad at him. Yeah, and he needs to dry his clothes. And right. he doesn't want to so get stuck in the rain now, again. So now he's, like, fit and half naked. And she's like, ooh, ooh. you're hot. Yeah, lusty moments. And they're hanging out on the couch. And then they fall asleep. And it's, like, cuddly. Again, all of the tropes that normally really gets me going. Are they cuddly? Oh, yeah. He should go before Cherise woke up and realized he was still here. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the tropes that normally gets me going, mm-hmm. but there was no build up. It was simply, it was raining, he's there, and then suddenly Kieran woke up with her snuggled up to him. And I was like, oh. I, I, I want him to panic more about that. Yeah, and there's like a whole part where he's watching her sleep. Yeah. I wanted, like, I wanted it to be like an oh shit moment, mm-hmm. you know, like. Oh, no. I wanted more poetic waxing about, yeah. oh, he really should go, but he's distracted by the curl of that hair against her, like, cheekbone mm-hmm. and, like, you know. Or even something as cliche and as simple as, like, the little furrow between her brows was mm-hmm. gone when she slept and she looked so calm and peaceful. I love it when men are in pain, and I wanted more of yeah. that. Please give us more pining, more yearning. I want it all. That's like what really makes me go is the right. yearning part of yes. romance novels. Because because the point of romance is for us to feel desired. 
yeah. or for the reader to feel that kind of desire, at least for a lot of people that I've talked to. And like to. one true love might not be a universal experience, but like attraction mm-hmm. or yearning or just wanting something yeah. is. And everyone wants to be sought after. Yeah. So that's Even if it's it, not like romantic or sexual, like yeah, people want that. So like that's why the heart clenches so good when you read mm-hmm. that is because you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I want I want to be wanted. And I remember yeah. wanting something mm-hmm. that badly. Yeah. And there wasn't any of that. There wasn't. And I think that might be the big onus of this book is like there's scenes where we're like, that would be good. This is hitting all the marks. Yeah. Technically, technically, the setup is all right there and it's just not doing it which makes the disappointment more yeah whereas like for something with i don't know like a fantasy romance where we're not as used to like Mm -hmm. that sort of setting like obviously you're gonna still have like the general Mm -hmm. like do's of romance but like we probably wouldn't be as cognizant of like what we're missing out on because we haven't read so widely in fantasy romance yeah but i mean we're romance readers so we're going to pick up on things if it doesn't feel like 100 percent. well and that's the thing is like if you're gonna utilize rain which has come on i mean jane austen dated back since like jane austen probably even before that yeah as a source of tension you gotta give us actual tension because the setting itself isn't just gonna do it for you especially one that's been used over and over again yeah yeah you're gonna have to add your something else to it I mean, anyways, uh, we were talking about the sex scene. The rain, the buildup, it wasn't really there. And then they, she wakes up and she's horny. I yeah. get it. Girl, me too. She says, you're doing it again. And he's like, what? And she's like, let's not pretend like you don't know. Because she's mentioned before, like, you keep looking at me like you want to kiss me or you want to do something. And so it's like, one, she's horny, but he's also like, pretty the entire time right um and so what happens what instigates it i think she does she does um let's see yeah they just get into it right when she says you're doing it again so he like you know it's the whole lean in Uh uh-huh he's too aware of how tight boxer briefs beneath his towel were um he's like i probably wouldn't survive kissing you again um and so she's like you know they keep flirting and teasing and then they go for it again he says they say something about wanting to see if lightning will strike three times because they kissed twice before and Mm -hmm. it was awesome yeah and now it's the third time kissing you rocks and like what if we just keep doing that yeah and like and the thing is i'm just like oh my god Oh my lord, you're two consensual adults who want yeah. who likes making out with each other. Just, just keep out. doing that. I know it's like really not that deep. Like because you really didn't give us a reason why it should be that deep, right? So because it's not like either of them were like I'm actually looking for a relationship and to settle down or anything. And when they do like get together, they like have no um label or Mm -hmm. anything and they're like i mean she's cooler with it than kieran but kieran's like i'm gonna do what she's comfortable with Mm -hmm. so this whole back and forth of like oh should we kiss should we not it's like yes do it 
Cass. But but then the buildup's not there. It like doesn't feel yeah, angsty. So it, yeah, the lack of angstiness, right? Because we don't have a good reason why they shouldn't kiss. Yeah. So then the back and forth just seems silly. Yeah, if it was something more like I dated your sister, like yeah. that's like oh, we really little, shouldn't do just it. Give us something a little illicit. Just add a little spice to it. Yeah. Yeah, come on. It could even just be something like and I don't really like second chance romances, but Me it could neither. just be that like they dated before mm-hmm. and then they had like a horrible breakup. And it could have been that like he wanted to break up with her when they were teenagers because he realized he was queer and he was questioning his sexuality and mm-hmm. couldn't deal mm-hmm. with a relationship at the same time. And then that would be a good resolve at the end because it's like, okay, well that's a completely valid reason. I'm not going to hold you against that. Yeah. And uh, I just I wanted it's funny that like the book talks about desserts a lot, a lot. but I was like enough of the sweetness give me some spice <laughs> seriously and they didn't make any of those jokes no they didn't no. they didn't they didn't even play with frosting okay no. you would think that if it was a baker oh. romance I would at least get some food porn where someone puts whipped cream on somebody wait listeners this is you said that and that took me back to a book I've read and hopefully someone's listening to this and knows what book I'm talking about and please let us know what it is. I can also just scrounge through my Goodreads, but I think I read it like two years ago. Um, it's a romance between a baker and like right next door in that downtown area, someone else moves in and they butt heads and they're enemies and they like fight over like a parking lot spot. Oh, cute. Um, and like one of the scenes is like she's having a hard time baking. Oh, and he's like, he works at a gym, I think. Uh, I remember lots of random details, not the title of the book. And they have like a whole frosting thing where she's like, I think this batch isn't like good. And he's like, let me taste it. Stop. That sounds so hot. Spreads it around her body and they like keep like licking it. It's like, you know, that scene in Gossip Girl when Nick and Serena are like, eating breakfast and feeding each other but then like getting whipped cream everywhere and it's so hot it was like that so i'll i'll look into it just to let you know yeah but if anyone's listening right now and is like oh yeah it's that book i mean that's very helpful for me okay back to it (laughs) back to it um sex scene what it was hot it was hot given the lack of build-up um like i said nothing offensive i don't think they said the word clit or dick yeah let me did he say did she say i think i think dick shows up but no results for clit were found on a search let's see for dick yeah there's multiple instances of dick the first one being on um page 219 a face full of bobbing dick um (laughs) there's also one i just (laughs) highlighted because um Remy is like you jumped on his dick and I oh, just that's right. that's thought right. the that's image right. of her jumping on a Ouch. dick was really funny um, let's see what else are, words are we looking for penis no results for penis were found I just remember it everything it, it is impressive that I found it like adequate because it was mm-hmm. kind of vague from it, what I remember. Yeah, no, it was. For sh- you mean the sex scenes? The sex scenes. Yeah, but I found at least the first one to be, like, pretty hot. Good. Yeah. And then I know there was a fade to black one. And then there's, like, one where he mentions, like, going down on her. Right. 
Jenny's upset about the fade to black one. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I get that there's greeners out there who, like, fade to black. That's not me. It's also not me. Um, So, like, fade to black would be good for something like my mom, who's mm-hmm. who's a bit more scandal- easily scandalized. Mm-hmm. So she would probably love Jasmine Guillory's books because yeah. they're all fade to black. And that's but, why we both read Jasmine Guillory books mm-hmm. and isn't going to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, because I'm not about to, like purposefully bash an author like right uh, right obviously like we come into every single book we're doing for the podcast with like high hopes and good intentions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like oh you're gonna we're gonna hate this one yeah blah 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 like maybe like for dark lover i know it's not gonna be a five-star read but i know it's gonna be a fun time right um and yeah this just didn't work for me in the long run yeah and i and i'm i don't even dislike jasmine guillory books i've read so many of them yeah, I've read like four of them, but it's got to mean something. Yeah, exactly. Keep going back to it. But anyhow, I'm more of a Talia Hibbert gal. We know, we know this. I like I've, I, explicit and I've been detail. converted. Um, but yeah, there's not like explicit details, so you know what's happening, but you don't know like the moves or like it's just how it's not dirty enough. Yeah, like it's like it's, right on that edge. Right. And I was like, it's too dirty for people who like Fade to Black, mm-hmm. but it's not dirty enough for filthy whores like us. Yeah. So it's like a so good like, who middle are you ground. trying to please? I mean, probably like if someone is just new to romance and they're on like they just got a Kindle, they're on the romance like page or maybe they're looking for Kindle Unlimited. I don't know if this book's on it, but you see this book, it's selling for two ninety nine or something. Oh, that's a it's like you pick it up and this is your first romance like this is a pretty easy one because you don't know the beats and you don't you won't pick up on those like flaws so and so i think you just solved the problem for me Mm. um anyways sweet hand is is a great introduction then for like the early romance reader yeah actually that's a great point and and if you're a mom and your kid's like 16, this is probably like yeah. an okay-ish place to start off. Oh my gosh, so much better than like what I was reading because like oh yeah, I had a nook. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talked about this briefly on the first episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a nook. I would read like I would literally just search free. I wouldn't even search by genre or anything. And I would like pick out like all the romance oh, books gosh. I could find. So oh, I like, God. I had like, obviously there's going to be like, like you just erotica. Left out into the woods. So like sometimes I would be reading erotica and I'm like probably too young for it. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least like, yeah, like for me, I wasn't like scandalized or like mm-hmm. anything by it. But I think my parents would have been very upset if they knew what I was reading. Right. Um, there's also like just like random books that you wouldn't think would be super sexy like there's Mm -hmm. this one like vampire romance thing where like the main character is like completely drugged out on like coke and everything and then she's made into a vampire and so she's going with withdrawals like all in like two days and she might die it's like really intense and i read this like three times over Uh (laughs) and they have like explicit sex where it was like vampire erotica Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. and it's like shit like that i would read along with like ya books and then like 
uh, Mormon romances because yeah. they were always free. Mormon romances. So I would just be like dabbling and everything, but there was definitely some like super explicit stuff mm-hmm. that like maybe a 14, 15 year old shouldn't be reading as their first foray into romance. Yeah, I'm, that's a great point. And like this is like sexy. Right. And more sexy than like. So it doesn't feel, you the know, Mormon what is the, Christian romances. What is the word? It doesn't feel like you're patting them on the head. And yeah. Like, you know. I swung wildly. Like, I would go for, like, the traditional Christian romance. And I was like, well, that didn't do it. And then I would go to, like, this, like, vampire erotic. And I was like, that was a lot. That was so much. And now so I'm, I'm kind of scared. I'm, like, kind of scary. And so I'm like, I'll just go back to YA. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it took me such a long time to actually, like, find romance because i was only going to the extremes yeah and i think when you say romance to a lot of non-romance readers that's also the two Mm -hmm. um what is it dynamic that people outside of romance readers have of the genre it's just really flowery really chaste virginal Mm -hmm. christian romance right or porn yeah and i was like no there's actually a really lot of quality yeah there's like a whole spectrum of it that like we're only just now dabbling with mm-hmm. in our podcast that we're obviously going to like explore more where yeah maybe one day we'll read a christian romance um <laughs> we both have you know. issues with that for Very different, different reasons, reasons. <laughs> and as someone who is like questioned her spirituality that w- those books probably weren't the best yeah for me to read because it just like pounded in those like morals exactly, of like yeah you do this or you're bad which mm-hmm. i always was like struggling against yeah um and i never like went to church so then i you know was just given into the stereotype of christianity anyways 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 it's cringy to the both of us yeah so we'll be like you know look every book is different on that spectrum of mm-hmm. like erotica to like nothing at all yes um and i think this one pr- is pretty smack dab in the middle yeah, it's if they're if we're looking for like a straight even middle ground, mm-hmm. this would be it. This would be it. It's very non-offensive. Yeah, which you know, not, not our cup of tea, but bad. other people's. Yeah, yeah. Solid conclusion to how we feel about this book. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we should just get to the problem in rising, falling action. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for the big. <laughs> The yeah, conflicts. You oh know, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I know, I was ninety three percent of the way through, and I was like, "What's happening?" I picked up on it a little bit earlier, but I still, in an incredulous way, was like, "Really? You're not going to give me more?" So the thing, so the, yeah. so the big conflict is, Kieran has to work with Maxine's douchey ex, Sean, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's it. No, I also picked up on it, but I was like, surely not. Surely not. Like, surely this will not be the third act breakup. Maybe it's something or it's like they're together. And, you know, you see this a lot in romances where it's like, no, we're going to be together. We're committed. And yeah. Then, like, and then he says something shitty or yeah, like does they something. Have, they have like their first big fight. And they're like, maybe this isn't worth it mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I thought that was going to happen. Where it was, so did I. I thought there were going to be a curveball, but no. No. Um. So that was frustrating and because it sh- it's like one or two pages of like it it happening. So mm-hmm. it's the wedding day and 
Kieran's phone died and he like saw his dad calling him as his phone died Mm -hmm. and he's charging it and he's like oh that's probably like not a great sign Mm -hmm. because he just finished the song with Sean Mm -hmm. um but he's also like not checking his phone that often because he's at a literal wedding thanks dad um and during the reception the song comes out Mm -hmm. and like all this press is happening and someone tags Sharice in an Instagram post. And so she knows about it at the same time he's going up to her trying to tell her before the news breaks to her. And she's like, you're just, you're like, not just as bad, but it's like, you couldn't trust me. Like, did you plan to sleep with me? Like right after the fight you had with Sean, so this could make more publicity and like, which Which is a weird accusation to me. Cause it's like, if it was, then he'd Gone be out in like public with already. You. Yeah. <laughs> no one knew they slept, slept together. together. Even Except for their it, friends. Yeah. So it's like, no, girl, because if he was going to make money off of it, he would have said it, it before. It would have ju- been a Justin Timberlake-like thing where they're in an interview and he's like, you know, chuckling up with his bros. Right. Where he's like, yeah, I totally I tapped sex with britney yeah exactly Ew. Ew. that that <laughs> interview is like disgusting uh-huh i i'm glad she was 18 mm, jesus and like granted he was probably like the same age but yeah, like but you're media trained that happening to her when she's 18 where her first serious boyfriend's mm. like yeah i took her virginity on public radio so gross especially when it's like he knows what's up. Like he knows how industry works and like what her image is. Yeah, as they're this, Disney like, kids. She's towing the line between like sexualized good girl this entire time. And that's what made her career so successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like just look at the music video for baby one more time. Like Which we did for Jenny's birthday party. We did. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. Um, yeah. Anyways, Justin Timberlake don't like him. But our point but being, Kieran, if that, was, that. if that was the angle, that's how public that would have gone down. Right. And I understand being spurned so you would think the worst, but that's not even like a logical leap. To no. Like, I would just be like, I thought she would be mad because like, oh, you know how much he hurt me. Why would you be willing to work with him professionally right. and then keep it from me? Right. I didn't think it would be like, oh, you were scheming this whole time. And at the end, she is like, it wasn't. It was more about the fact that you like lied to me and didn't tell me than mm-hmm. anything else. But that instant reaction felt very different. Yeah. I was like, girl, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So it's like they break up and it happens like really quickly. It's too. within chap- like next chapter thing. So the third yeah. breakup wasn't drawn out, which I mean, I appreciate as far as this book goes, because like I said, I don't think we would have enjoyed yeah. that. This book is like nearing... 400 pages so it would have been way too long if it was drawn out yeah but it does feel odd for the breakup to only happen within like one or two pages where Mm -hmm. we don't even like see the fallout from it and then like we like Sharice is saying a couple weeks or a week has gone by and they haven't talked because and they're just like being cordial to each other and then at the wedding, everything gets resolved, and that gets resolved in literally one or two pages. Right. Well, that's so that's like, the thing. Oh. It's it's one of 
again, it's the same example of the problem that we've been having. It's just like we're told after the fact. And it wasn't like we're seeing each of them, you know, struggle for a little bit independently. We were told yeah. that like, oh, now it's been weeks and we haven't talked. And I was like, why the, why the, why right. the time jump? Like, give me a scene where like Charisse is baking the cake and like something goes wrong with it. Yeah. And she, and she breaks down. Melts down. down. Mm-hmm. And then like her roommate best friend who doesn't even like the idea of her and Kieran together is the one to comfort her be like you should go after something that you love then there's redemption for her best friend we see the emotional fallout and we could have just seen like a scene with Kieran being in like in his studio yeah um because we do see that we do see that and we do have that redemption of the best friend where she shows up to the studio to confront Kieran yeah but but we like, we didn't see her be a good friend. Right. So it is slightly different. And I think, too, like, there's not that it's um, a conflict per se, but I think it would have been much more um, compelling if Scott, the person that Kieran, you know, had a, had crush, a crush on and everything, was the one to be like, you should go after what you love. Like, don't let my rejection scorn you. Ugh. Because like, that was unresolved, right? Unresolved. So where Kieran was still kind of just low-key lusting after Scott. Yeah. Where every time Scott shows up, it's a little bit about, of course, he's wearing those tight-fitting t-shirts yeah. that shows off his arms just right. And I'm like, oh, are you? Yeah. You are clearly not over this. It was like, you know, a couple of years ago, I would make a big deal out of it. I'm like, you're, I'm just, you're, you still you're, are, You're dude. looking at him so carefully. Yeah. Yeah. So that having that heart-to-heart of being like, it didn't work out between us but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're not deserving of, of love. love and like that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you like i think that would have resolved it and then it would have both strengthened this idea of these characters we have in our minds that were so vague mm-hmm. um so yeah there's not to say that any of this is like easy fixes it's just like the potential for our problem there's like so much more potential in scenes that we have prom- problems mm-hmm. with where it's like oh if this instead like maybe we would have liked it more yeah i mean it was just a lot of like events oriented where like they break up and then the next thing happening is the wedding mm-hmm. instead of they break up we see the emotional fallout yeah and then the wedding is like the setting in which all of that happened yeah. but no the wedding took like and the main event and i was like again we don't care yeah and the big gesture was like really like bloop it just happened. And I was like... So, yes. Interesting. I didn't think that was the way he would go. I thought he was going to, like, make a song with the vocals Charisse laid down earlier in the book. It- and, like, have that as one of, like, the songs and being like, you're so beautiful. Like, your voice is amazing. And I just respect you so much, like, as a person and as, like, a worker and all this. I completely agree because... So the big gesture is he goes up on stage and sings a song about how sorry he is mm-hmm. in front of everyone. And mm-hmm. the, the gag being, it's like, oh, he's suffering. Like, it's a penance because yeah. he's a bad singer. So yeah. it's like a public humiliation short sort of thing. Right. But A, it doesn't actually have anything to do with the wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And B, it was just kind of like mildly embarrassing for him and Therese. Yeah. More She's so like, him, but uh-oh. like, you know, still... Where it's like, okay, you made a big fool of yourself, but yeah, what am I supposed to do with that? And like, there's a very like, va- like I couldn't, I wouldn't call it a plot line, but like, Charisse's mother doesn't like Kieran, and mm-hmm. I don't think that would have helped, right? 
It's like, okay, after that, you're still going to go out with that pool? Yeah. And it's like, we had this scene earlier in the book where he was like, you have a beautiful voice, come to the studio, let's mm-hmm. like record something. And I actually really liked that scene because she was like nervous and he helped her like yeah. get out of her head and mm-hmm. she was so great. And I think that would have been a great callback to be like, remember when you trusted me so much with something so vulnerable and like, you can do that again. Yeah. And then to maybe like Sharice's mom, it's like, okay, he like really sees her and he's like forwarding mm-hmm. her career maybe. And mm-hmm. that's what might've sold her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really like, why have anything to do with anything? Right. And I'm like, why was that scene even there of like Sharice at his recording studio? If you're not going to use it later, you know, I do know. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, that was a missed opportunity for me where I was literally like right in the same room, like probably an hour ago now. Being like, oh, like I literally was like, is yeah. that it? Like I said that out loud. I was like, that's, that's the gesture. That's the gesture. Okay. Yeah. I mean, God. And it's so important. The third act breakup followed by the grand gesture. It is the key. Yes. Key moment in and the, any romance novel. And here's the thing. The grand gesture is not grand because of how big it is or how many people are there. It's grand because it like literally will call back things that we have like seen before and there's emotion in it because like the grand gesture in act your age eve brown is literally Uh, just them like finding each other on the road we can't have this conversation three times i know (laughs) but you're right you're absolutely right and there's like callbacks to that which is why it's so meaningful but there's no callbacks to this grand gesture right and i mean like let's break romance novels down to their bare essentials right where it's like the problem being these two people who are clearly in love aren't together the emotional vulnerability is not there. people aren't emotionally vulnerable all the time. It's a very uncomfortable thing to do. And yeah. then the grand gesture is literally that stripping away of pretense and yeah. being like, this is how much I care about you. Right. It should be the most emotionally vulnerable moment. Yeah. And that's why it's like, it's like there's such no a games, big deal. There's nothing. I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. Yeah. And that's uh. why it's such a big deal to both the plot and the readers yeah yeah well i think we've been ranting for a bit so do we just want to quickly highlight anything we really liked about the book is there any do we have enough fodder to do simper psycho i think he's pretty okay i don't think we have anything i think the simp moment Uh was when she's like haha i'm sick and he comes over with soup like yeah that, that was cute. super cute and also the like okay you do whatever you want with my body and you can call it off whenever mm-hmm. you want i'm just here i'm just happy to yeah. be here and i'm like buddy maybe not maybe maybe too much simp like you gotta have some self-respect bud but he was like no no he's like i'll take anything i don't take anything which is a really quick turnaround for someone who chapters ago it was like i hate this woman yeah so weird um and there's also i did like when they were kissing and he would like let her take the lead and stuff that was really cool to like see that sort of like power dynamic mm. i don't think that's a simp moment per se but it just like it was, it was nice. nice yeah psycho was the weird fight the weird alpha fight that wasn't yeah that ended up hurting her and knocking her over and that's just more about like his ego and mm-hmm. less about their relationship Okay. Yeah. So final verdict. Simp. We got a simp, ladies and gents. Hell yeah. Who's Uh, been our psycho? Has it only been for (laughs) the unreleased Beautiful Bastard episode? Well, and then the last one. Oh, fuck. Who who has basically (laughs) been it? 
but, yeah. de- but not. But not. The devil, if you will. You. <laughs> the devil wears black. I I forgot about that one. As you should have. <laughs> yeah. As you should have. I don't. Was it Chase? It was Chase. Chase. Chase Black. You know what we should do after um, the end of our 10th episode, after we give updates uh-huh. and everything, or maybe right before, we should rank our oh, 10. Our men. Yeah. Not just the men, the books, but oh. we could also rank the men. Okay. But yes. I think we'll have the same number one. <laughs> I mean, how could it not be Jacob? He's a little <laughs> yeah. duckling blue. Are you kidding? kidding? And I think two for me. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. Um, Kim and I will talk when the mics are off. Um, anyways, so I would, I would just say everything about this is like good, yeah, nice, middle of nice. the road. All of that describes how I feel. It's like you. <laughs> I feel this is mean. Um, but I feel like the English teacher that got the essay, that was mm-hmm. what, that was like, you know, when you're in fifth grade and you're learning, you know, introduction paragraph. Yeah. First body paragraph, second body paragraph, where it's like very formulaic. And when you, and when like a kid turned it in and it, it's exactly that, you're just like, check. Yes, that's there. Uh-huh. That's also there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. And I will say, though, that this is self-published, so she doesn't have, like, a big editing team. Oh, is it? Yeah. So it is a self-pub book. So, like, who knows? Maybe a book we've loved and that we've mentioned multiple times, actor H. Eve Brown, does feel formulaic in its first draft. Mm. And it gets better and better because Because you have so many eyes on it. Super fair point. And you know what? Credits to the, to the author then, because until right now I didn't you didn't know that. know it was self pubbed. I was yeah. like, this is this sounds legit enough yeah. that it sounds yeah. like something Simon like, and Schuster put out. Yeah, I feel like this is right up like Penguin Berkeley's. Mm-hmm. Like Penguin Berkeley is the same people that published Jas- Jasmine Guillory's books. Yeah, um, and they also published like um, Emily Henry's books too. Mm. So like commercial romance fiction that would appeal to a wide array of readers. I think that Sweet Hand does that. Um, so it does like fit with like the trends we're seeing in romance publishing too. But um, yeah, it is self-published. So I'm wondering if like hopefully whichever route NG Pel- Pelletier goes, whether she's going to try and get a contract or she's going to look more into self-pub. I think like because this is her first book, it's probably going to be her weakest mm. and she's only going to like improve right after this. This is a, yeah, this is a super solid beginning. Yeah. There's been a lot more authors that like I've loved that mm-hmm. have had way rougher beginnings. Yeah. We're just excited then. We're Yeah. Can't wait to see where Honestly, she goes. And this is the first in a series. So I'm like wondering if we're going to see. Um, see, I was wondering that. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up where I was like, Jenny, is this now a trend where people are creating their like universes? Yeah. It sure is. It's been coming up. I want to say in our like in our recent like four. Yeah. Books. People nowadays just like. If something sells, it's like, why not still write in that world when, yeah. like, publishing is such, like, a risky endeavor anyway? That's true. Um, so, yeah, this is called 
the Island Bites series. Mm. And in Goodreads, it's marked as Island Bites number one. But then when you click on the series information, that only says one work, one primary work. So she hasn't released anything else. But there is like a good amount of setup for, um, for Remy and Remy and Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. So that'll be fun to see um, like two queer women of color. Absolutely. Like we don't see that a lot. So. Yeah. So anyways, pros for this book. Super diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Really qua- like really unique quality like um, representation that you won't yeah. see in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did really like the baking bits. Yeah. I was like hungry every single time. I was like, stop talking about the cakes. Yeah. The visual and the like sensual yeah. descriptions super on point. Like I could actually like picture settings really well, which is something right. I like struggle with so much. So that was great. Yeah. It's just the characters themselves that need more work. Right. Yeah. So I would give this a solid, like I said, middle of the road, three out of five thrift bodices. I completely agree. Um, Because when I look, I guess like middle of the road is technically Mm, 2.5. But I did enjoy myself while I was reading this. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like other previous books. I was like, oh my God, I have to. I have to finish this now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had fun. There's a lot of promise and I do think like this is a great, um, alternative to commercial fiction. If you want to support a self-published author, yeah. if you're looking for some more indie romances, um, or if you're just like tired of supporting like the big head honchos of publishing. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's like, you know, someone else who you... Mm-hmm. want to get into romance and you know that they would really enjoy something like this yeah solid place to begin with nothing weird that's gonna freak anybody out mm-hmm. like a stray purple glittery dildo <laughs> yeah all right so that's that's that that is that yeah but if you've read uh sweet hand and have different thoughts you can always let us know our email is open for all criticism as long as it's constructive. Oh, and we forgot to say big shout out to the first person who emailed <gasps> us. Oh my God. Kathy, Kathy, you are great. You made my day. Oh my God. You made my week. Seriously. Like we, that was our first time. Like someone has like contacted us about the podcast and like with thoughts and with feeling. Yeah. And they're such great feedback. Um, and it was like, amazing to see you like actually bring up points from all of our episodes it's like oh my god people are listening to us and like care about what they we say us. they really heard us our voices are reaching the masses but yes kathy, kathy. we oh, love you thank you so so yes. much um and please if you've enjoyed what you've been hearing mm-hmm. give us five stars wherever you're listening but particularly mm-hmm. apple Podcasts. make yes. it a really big deal give us some a review of you yeah. have a minute follow us on our socials everything yes. will be linked in the podcast uh bio yeah and um if you're missing us and want to listen to another episode we did a collab episode for trivia escape pod uh oh just God, a couple yes. of weeks ago and that was so much fun yeah so you want to hear us talking about things that aren't <laughs> romance novels yeah and ross and rachel run a hilarious podcast yeah 
So you can hear us do trivia on that. And we make a lot of references to Ice Planet Barbarians that hopefully won't go over your heads. And uh, we'll see you soon for our next episode, which will be on One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. And with that, bake and don't bicker unless you're going to fall in love. <laughs>